This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And then it was the first of the month. March 1st, 2022 is already here. Man, I've I promise you I feel like we just crossed over the calendar to 2022, and now we're already in March. I know that it's the offseason for the NFL, but we know NFL is full steam ahead. There's always a storyline going on, even in the dog days of summer, when it's supposed to be just baseball. And who knows if we're going to get that or not. But when it's just supposed to be baseball, there's still plenty of NFL headlines to talk about, and we'll be doing it a lot here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, Demon Cotton, your boy Q, here with you for the next couple hours. Vinny Bonsignor, who comes up after us in the huddle, is in Indianapolis already. Been seeing a few tweets from him, a few quotes from him. He's there at the Scouting Combine, so uh, should be exciting. We're going to have the Combine covered from multiple different angles throughout the course of the week. Of course, we're going to have the draft covered from multiple different angles. We're just going to go full throttle, full steam ahead, and uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a whole lot of fun so buckle up and enjoy the ride speaking of fun we're gonna have some fun on today's show uh have a topic that i want to throw out there that i think will be fun because it's well it's draft season it's free agency season first but you know after the season's all wrapped up and the super bowl champ is crowned we always start thinking about the nfl draft so we're gonna have a draft related topic today that i think is gonna be a lot of fun it might bring back some hurt memories it might open up some wounds but we're still going to have some fun with it because why not, right? It's the first of the month, March 1st. I would tell DeMond to hit that old Bone Thugs first of the month, but he's too young. He might not even know that song. That might still be one of those. He looks at me kind of crazy. He says, oh, man, I don't know what you're talking about. But it is a hood holiday. It is the first of the month. You familiar with that one, DeMond? Of course I am. I'm just making sure because you know you do booties, man. You, you guys you don't. You do, yeah. I, I know, you know the song. You know, I know the song. Are you sure? Yes. All right. I even love the Chris Rock, Chris Rock joke even better. The welfare song. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. Well, you're familiar with that, so I'm good with that. Coming up on the show today at 2:25, we're gonna have a live check-in from the combine, and we're gonna have this live check-in every single day the rest of the week, Tuesday through Friday. Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado. He's been going to the Combine every single year. He's going to check in with us and give us the latest headline coming out of there. And look, there's not a lot of activity going on right now at the Combine. The the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and uh, I believe some offensive, oh no, the tight end, excuse me. They are doing some medicals right now. They're doing a few interviews and stuff like that. So there's not a whole lot of activity going on, but there's still a whole lot of activity going on, if you know what I mean, as far as conversations and what different GMs and head coaches are talking about. And of course, Josh McDaniels, the Raiders head coach, will speak at 10-15 tomorrow morning. I know JT the Brick will have that on his show. We'll have some of it on this show as well, including uh, what Dave Ziegler, the GM, has to say. Plus, I know that the Raiders are doing their, their work behind the scenes, so we'll have some stuff that everybody there is not going to be able to hear but we'll also have that coming for you for the, uh, the on the show and the rest of the week. So uh, excited about that. So Brandon Cristal will join us at 225. Give us a, lo- a live look in at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Then at 3 o'clock, our guy John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He's our normal Tuesday guest. He'll join us to talk all about the NFL headlines. Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron 
Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, whatever you know, whatever you want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. He is our guy when it comes to the NFL. We'll even talk to him about the Raiders and the Jaguars playing that first Hall of Fame game August 4th in Canton, Ohio. We'll talk about that as well. Then at 3.15, as I promised on yesterday's show, Andrew Billings, the Raiders' newest defensive tackle, uh, the young man out of Baylor, young man out of Waco High, uh, was drafted in the fourth round by the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2016. He's a guy that can give DeMond a run for his money when it comes to hitting the weights in the weight room. This dude is a world record holder when it comes to uh, weightlifting and everything, and I don't know if he's really doing that now. I don't know if he's really hitting the weights like that. So, DeMond, you might actually be, be able to give him a run right now. I'm just like a— But at what I'm time? Yo, I'm not even that serious about the weightlifting. Oh, now you're backing off? Don't back off now. Yo, this guy's got don't world records. Don't back off now, Maybe man. DeMond, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he only broke Mark Henry's record back in the day, you know, for powerlifting. So you, you can you can hang with him. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> come on, man. If we you don't believe it, nobody else will. Oh, yeah, come on, Q. That'd be like, yo, Q, you think you're fast? We got Usain Bolt in the parking lot. I got him, dog. I got him. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the first step. <laughs> yo, <you're so> delusional. <laughs> it's all about the first step. You just got to get him off the line. It's like I did you in the parking lot that night. I got you off the line and you tapped out. You quit. So you saying you do the same thing in the boat? Yeah, yeah, I get him. I get him distracted. <laughs> get him distracted. I get him off the line. It's a wrap. It's like stealing bases, man. It's not about it's not about your your speed. It's about the jump. You, you gotta have the jump. I can't even call this confidence. No, this is straight up delusional. This is just straight up ignorance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fastest man in the world. I, I know. Care. I know. Look, I got a little ahead of myself. I got a little froggy, so no, I decided I think, to leave. I think you believe it though. I, a, a part of me does. I mean, I I shouldn't, but a part of me believes that you know. If I believe it, then I can achieve it. That's what they always tell you, right? That's what they tell you in school. I took that. See, there's certain things that I picked up in school. I wasn't the greatest student of all time. I'll be the first to admit that. I'm sure there's people that listen to this show on the daily. So, yeah, Q, we know. We know you're not the greatest student. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. There's been some words that DeMond have said. I looked at him and was like, man, let me give you $5 for that word because I don't know where you got that from. You must have got that from Perump. But I'm okay with that. But I'll tell you, there's certain things that I learned in school that I picked up on and I ran with. If you believe it, you can achieve it. So when you say that me and Usain Bolt are going to ride out in this parking lot right here and we're going to have a little 40-yard dash and I'm going to win, I believe I'm going to win. Now, I know that that's a lot of false hope. But somewhere in my mind, I, 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 find a, I see a way, a path to me winning. You know what I mean? Like there's a way I can win. Most likely it is he doesn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I just like to have a good time, man. So Andrew Billings will join us at 315 to talk about his newest uh, opportunity with the silver and black. And I'll tell you, man, it's a Texas boy. All right. It's a dude from Waco, Texas. It's a dude who uh, was drafted in Cincinnati, went to school in Baylor, also in Waco. I don't know if he's been to Las Vegas before, man, going out west. And it's funny. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Ed Oliver. When Ed Oliver was in the draft, you know, he, was, uh, uh, he went to Houston, University of Houston. He was a Louisiana guy. I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, there's a chance that maybe the Raiders – Draft you early in the draft. What you know about Vegas? And he's like, man, I hadn't even thought about that. Going out west? I ain't never been out west before. And it's just so funny because a guy like me, I don't even think about it. I think, oh, it's no big deal. Everyone's been to the west coast. But then I realize everyone ain't been to the west coast. You know what I mean? Like when you, because I'm from the west coast, it's not a big deal to me. I'm like, man, the west coast is the best coast. You know, I was champing that when I was in Texas. I'm like, man, this is cool and all, but the west coast is where it's at. Everybody didn't agree with me there, but that's okay. I was holding it down. But, man, it's funny when you talk to some of these, especially young guys that they're, they, they grew up somewhere else in the South or whatever, and then they go to a school in the South, and then, hey, you're drafted to the Raiders and you're going to Vegas? You know, back then it was Oakland, but now, I mean, Vegas? That's a whole different world, you know? And so then all of a sudden, 
These guys like, man, hold on. I don't know. Now I'll say this. Andrew Billings is a great dude, family dude. Uh, he'll have no problems with Vegas. So before anyone throws that out there, he'll have no problems. Oh, you said that? And at first I was like, what you mean? Like the heat or, oh, all that other stuff that people seem to think that Vegas is a problem Right, with. right. And it's not. And it's not. But I'll say just culture, culture shock. Just like when I got off the train in, in it wasn't even Waco. I got off the train in whatever city it was. But it was, you want to talk about a culture shock. I thought, you know, I got on the train in Fresno. I transferred in L.A. Nice, fancy train station and everything. It was cool. I get off in Waco or whatever. I can't even remember what city it was. It wasn't. It wasn't Waco because they didn't. They didn't have one there. They didn't have a, a, a Amtrak station. So wherever I landed, the guy said, "All right, you're gonna get off right here." And I said, "Oh, okay. Where's the station?" He said, "Oh, there's no station. It's just that slab of concrete right there." I said, "So what am I supposed to do?" And he's like, "Well, just basically jump." I was like, "Man, I paid for a ticket. I didn't like hustle my way on this thing. I ain't got to jump." And he's like, "Well, we'll slow down." And they literally they stopped. They did come to a stop, but they were like, "All right, just jump." And there was no steps that got off and nothing. It's just like throw my duffel bag out and just get off. That was a culture shock. That was a culture shock to me. The other culture shock I had is when we went to the 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 tower, the the radio tower, and you know, I'm I'm a hip hop dude, so I got my big long white tee. I mean, you've seen some of the pictures. I had my white tee on, my big chain on, everything. I was representing, right? I was looking good. We went to the tower, it happened to be on the VA site. Well, you don't just everyone don't walk around the VA. I didn't know that. I didn't know that everyone didn't walk around the VA. So I'm walking around the tower trying to get in. Me and the engineer, whose name was Jose, happens to be a Mexican dude. So it's a black dude and a Mexican dude at the tower. I'm looking like, like I'm in a hip-hop video, and he's looking like Jose. If you know any Jose, he's looking like him. All right? And, man, all of a sudden we looked up, and all these SUVs come bombing down the hill, like, boom, boom. Like, you can hear the car, yabada, yabada, yabada. You know what I mean? Like, it was just hitting those things. I was like, uh-oh, we're in trouble, dude. And they, like, they were about to arrest us. They're about to arrest us because we were trespassing. I was like, no, 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 we work here. Okay. Sure you sure do. Sure you do. And then they said, well, let me see your ID. I said, no problem. So I pulled out my license. What does it say? Cali. Don't say Texas. So then I said, well, I work over there at that radio station. All right, well, we're going to call and verify your employment. Okay, cool. They went out to lunch. It was the only radio station in the country I've ever worked at that when they go to lunch, everybody goes to lunch. Like the building shuts down. You want to talk about a culture shock? That was a culture shock. Here, you know, there's always someone here, unless the building's closed, right? There's always someone here. Not there. Hey, it's lunchtime. All right, everyone close up shop. Can't nobody come to the building. So they couldn't verify that I even worked there. So I thought I was going to jail. I so what they say? What they say? Like, you look like you work at a radio station? No, they looked like I was a suspect. And they were like, nah, man. And then he had bolt cutters because we were trying to get in, and he was trying to use bolt cutters. So we looked real suspect. We did. I mean, I would have I would have, I would have, been like, oh, yeah, they're guilty. You know what I mean? Like, I'd have been the guy that had been like, oh. Yeah, those two dudes are guilty. Go on and arrest them. But we ended up getting out of it. But, man, I was ready to get back on that train and get back first thing to the West Coast. I'm like, Fresno, here I come. I'm out of here. This thing, this ain't, this yeah, ain't for me. city boys can't handle the South. Hey, man, look, the South couldn't handle me. I eventually overcame it. I eventually overcame it. All right? I ended up becoming the mayor just about. But, man, I'll tell you, it, it, it took a lot of strength and perseverance, and God was on my side. Jesus was on my side to get me through that. I'll tell you, you laugh, brother. You laugh. <laughs> you go through what I, I didn't went know through. the trials and tribulations that you had to go to, man. You Hey man, hey man. They were major. They were major, man. I could document it for years. I got I, I got stuff. I got enough material to make a movie. Like a real life movie. I could do that.
I'm just saying. That's the real deal truth. Now that you know the guests that we have coming up on the show, Brandon Kristall will join us about 225, John McClain at 3 o'clock, Andrew Billings, Raiders defensive tackle at 315. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. As you can tell, I'm in the good mood to kind of have fun today. So let's go ahead and have a little bit fun. And since the the draft is one of those conversations that is easy to talk about and a lot of people get excited about, I wanted to bring this topic to the table. And DeMondo, I'm really interested to hear your answers, but... This is something that we want to hear on the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200, and also the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. In honor of the draft and being draft season and the combine going on right now, and this is when a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of fans really start to get to know these prospects that are coming up in the draft. I want to know, who was your favorite draft pick that never worked out? Who was that one guy that you're like, man, that's going to be the dude he is the guy. Whatever team goes and gets that guy is going to, man, he's going to be a, that's a Hall of Famer right there. Like, you just knew that that was the guy. Now, the thing about it is, I want one Raider, and I want one non-Raider. So, who was the one Raider that you got fired up and excited, just knew that was going to be the end-all, be-all? He was the next guy. I have an idea what some people's answers are going to be. I do. I have a pretty good idea what some people's gonna, answers are going to be, and I think it has to do with the quarterback position. But I also want to know one non-Raider that you just thought was going to be the dude and he ended up not being anything. Let's just have a little bit of fun. Like I said, we might open up a few wounds. I know that there's some that I was cutting for that I thought, man, hold up, man. This is going to be the dude. You got to go get him. I'll tell you one non-Raider. When I was in Texas, I was telling, I was telling anyone that would listen on the radio that the, the Cowboys needed to go and draft Jared Goff instead of drafting, uh, instead of drafting Ezekiel Elliott. I said they need to draft Jared Goff and get rid of Tony Romo, and, uh, and, and that would be, that'd be the guy to take him to, to where they need to go. I thought Jared Goff was going to be the dude. Now, all these years later, Jared Goff has signed a second contract in L.A. and then been traded to Detroit. Obviously, not the quarterback that I thought he was. But coming out of Berkeley, I thought Jared Goff was going to be the guy. That's one non-Raider. And there's, please believe, there's plenty of non-Raiders that I thought, man, that guy's going to be a really good player. But I remember... Jared Goff was one guy, just most recently, one guy that I thought was going to be a damn good quarterback, and he just turned out to be okay. Who was the one? Oh, John Ross. Remember John Ross when he went to uh, UW, when he went to Washington? Oh, yeah, he had that 40 time. No, no, but I, when he was playing in the games, though, he was incredible in the games. Like, he was the dude in the games. If you watch that guy, he would catch anything and everything and make a He was a home run waiting to happen. Everyone knew John Ross was going to be a stud, right? At least I did. I was mad. John Ross, he's... Uh, he's not going to, you know, obviously be as successful in the league as he is in college. But, man, that dude is going to really carve out a nice role for himself. He's going to be a big-time playmaker. And, man, he can't make any play. Can't stay on the field. But then when he had that 40 times, like, woo! Fastest dude, he's got an island. Didn't he say he was going to get an island? Didn't Adidas say that they were going to give him an island? And he said... It was like, there was a bunch of things that yeah. he ran the fastest 40 times. And he's like, what I want to do with an island? I'm by the, myself. That marketing campaign, boy. Was boo, boo. But they were out there doing it. Yeah, that's why I don't wear Adidas. <laughs> that's why I don't wear Adidas. Their marketing campaign was terrible. But yeah, I remember he was the fastest 40. He was gonna, they were going to give him an island. He's like, I'm good. I think he said I was going to wear Nikes because he's like, oh, I'm good. I don't need an island. What am I going to do? Go to an island by myself for? So John Ross, that was another guy that I thought was going to be a super stud. And man, he just can't even stay healthy. 
Obviously, there's plenty of Raiders that I can I could point out. I, I've, I've talked about this guy on the show many times. Rolando McClain, I thought, was going to be the dude. I was so excited when they drafted him. I was like, yes, this team is going defense. They got them a stud linebacker, Rolando McClain. He's going to be the dude. That dude couldn't stay out of Alabama, man. Every time he went back to Alabama, somebody got <laughs> shot. Every time he went to Alabama, somebody got shot at. I'm not saying by him. A lot of times it was him getting shot at. You know, I mean, hell, anytime he was driving through Alabama, it was like pop, 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 pop. You know, it was always something. And yeah, then what he do? The always something. Guy. And then what he do? Like burn his house. His house got burned down. I mean, he just he couldn't get right. Sound like this guy couldn't catch a break. He could not I in Alabama. I don't know the story, but and, not in Alabama. And that's where he was from. That's where he was a star. Was in Alabama. You would think that hey, they would show some love when he came home. You know, sometimes they say don't go back home because they, they'll show you more love than you want. Yeah, he was getting a lot more love than he wanted. Trust and believe that. So let's just have some fun today, man. We got some good guests coming up. I'm very excited. Brandon Cristal is going to join us from uh, the Combine there in Indy. But let's have some fun today, man. Who has been your favorite draft pick that never worked out? I want to hear one Raider and one non-Raider. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword r Who's up first, Amon? We got ABA Ivan Davis on the line. Uh, Ivan Davis, what's up, brother? I know you got one. Holler at me. What's happening, Q? How you doing, man? Thanks for taking my call as usual. For sure. I'm blessed. What's up, Damon, baby? How you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, the biggest uh, non-Raider, uh, and you can thank uh, Bo Jackson for this, and that's uh, Brian Bosworth. He came <laughs> out of college. I mean, super All-American. No, everybody, everybody build that. You know, Bosworth versus Bo. We know how that yep. ended up. Yep. He ended up having an acting career. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And uh, the biggest bust, and this one still hurts, Jamarcus Russell. I swear <laughs> I thought. Come on. I mean, when I saw the film of him throwing that ball with a flick of his wrist 70 yards on the money, I'm saying, yes. Yep. <laughs> we but, all did, uh, brother. We <laughs> all did. <laughs> man, did that not work out? Right. He got caught in the hood in Oakland. Yep. Got drug dealers got to him, and that was all she wrote. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. It was a <laughs> and uh, oh, and you like my idea about the uh, recall games, right? I mean, you know, uh, I have an even better one. Okay. You can find the classic games, like the old playoff games. They used to do this on ninety five point seven. The game. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can find any and them. That's probably where you can call to get the whoever the, whoever their source is, and cause the NFL protects those particular games, like the old playoff games with Stabler and Greasy. They protect them like gold. Right, right, right. Okay, and so, but since you work for the Raiders, you you have a better shot than most of. Of getting it, so if you can get a hold of any, just one of them would be worth it. Yeah, no, that's a good idea, man. I like that. Sometimes that we thank you for that suggestion. Sometimes when we, uh, you know, when somebody's on vacation or takes a couple days off, it might be fun to go and listen to old throwback game. That's I really do like that. That's a really good idea. Thank you so much, ABA Ivan Davis. I appreciate that and good suggestions. And yeah, man, I knew some everyone was gonna say Jamarcus Russell. And if you say that Jamarcus Russell wasn't the guy you thought was gonna be the dude, you're lying. You are lying. I thought he was gonna be the dude. I swear I thought he was going to be a dude. He could throw, like ABA Ivan Davis said, he could throw that ball 70 yards with the flick of the wrist. He could throw it 70 yards from a, from a knee. He could do this, that, and the other. Man, he couldn't do squat. He couldn't do squat. Yeah, I think like, that's the obvious one. My right. Raider pick would be Darren McFadden. 
Oh, because that I, hurt I, my feelings, I, too. I thought he was going to be somebody. Because Adrian Peterson was the year before. Yep. And I remember watching him at Arkansas. They had that three-headed monster. Yeah, they had, uh, what's his Felix name? Felix Jones. Felix Jones. And Peyton yeah. Hillis was the fullback. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I thought McFadden because, and everyone said, uh, oh, man, McFadden's going to be the, he's going to be uh, Jamarcus Russell's best friend. You know, he's going to, the best the best passing game is a great running game. And he's going to bring back, he's going to be one of the great Raiders running backs of all time. And, yeah, he never he never worked out like that either. He had a he had a thousand yard season with the Raiders. It signed a couple contracts with the Raiders, but I mean the the hype was yeah, just he like, never lived he up to the hype. Didn't work out. Didn't like right. work out because I was thinking about a non-Raider and I was like, oh Reggie Bush. Uh, but I, I looked at Reggie Bush's career. I looked at the numbers. It was like, no Reggie Bush had a real good serviceable he was, career. He was pretty good. I don't. He think, just wasn't the Hall of Famer. He that wasn't the guy that everyone be. thought he was coming out of USC. But no, yeah, he did end up having a nice career. Uh, that's that's a good one as well, uh, Reggie Bush. Because I thought he was. I thought Houston was crazy for passing. I was like, what? What are you doing? You're going to pass on him for Mario Williams? No way. Well, it ended up working out for both teams, I think, in a, in a major way. The Saints uh, ended up going ahead and drafting Reggie Bush. And then also, uh, and then the, like I said, the Texans went and, got, uh, they went and got Mario Williams. And he worked out for a while until he didn't work out. So thank you for those calls. I do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Raider 27. Raider 27, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. I got uh, your Raider question, but let me uh, tell you a story about um, culture shock. Okay. So my Raider, my, my Raider, I was going to go with um, uh, McFadden, but I just can't do that to him. I loved him as a player. He did the best he could. Yeah, he did. You know, he, he's practicing on a crappy practice field with rocks and everything. True story. So I'm going to go with um, Mark Wilson. <laughs> my okay. Draft yeah. And then for my other team, I'm going to go with Kajana Carter. Everybody thought he was going to be the running back yep. that set every record there was, and and he was ended up he for whatever reason I don't know why, but he just didn't end up anything. Right. So let me tell you my story about culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the opposite of you guys is. <laughs> so I grew up in a town of a thousand people. Uh oh. And I didn't meet a black person or a Mexican person until I was in my twenties. Wow. So it was in central Illinois, and they're just, and we worked. And once I got out of high school and went to work, I went to work in Decatur, and, you know, it, it was cool. I got along with everybody. In fact, I got Shout along with everybody. Because anyway, <laughs> anyway um, I was working on a railroad company. We built railroad track, and we rehabbed old tracks, and we right. did railroad work. So I traveled all over the country. So I went down to Lawrenceville, which is about like Lovington. It was cool. It was really cool. Real is a good, good dude place. So they called me up and said, your next job's in San Antonio, Texas. Oh. So I'm like, okay. So I knew this guy named Ski from Philadelphia. And Ski's like, oh, yeah, man, you got to come live. You can live. There's a place right by me next door, and it's cheap, and you can live there, and it'll be great. So I was driving a beautiful 69 Camaro. Nice. I mean, it was nice. I pulled into that neighborhood, and I'm like, oh, my God, where the heck am I? I've there goes the neighborhood. I've never like this before. And the first night in my room, there were three shootings, and a guy got stabbed. Damn. You were and really the deep in the hood. I told the guy, I said, you can keep the week's rent. I'm leaving. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Not here. Not parking my car out on the street anymore. I am Gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I went into Campbellton, Texas, and and uh, some friends of mine said, "Man, you should have just let me know, let us know you were coming." 
they had an extra room, and the guy was uh, the guy's wife was um, Puerto Rican named Rose, and she was so awesome. I mean, she just took care of us like she mothered us, and I mean, we would work twenty four twenty. We would work three days. I actually worked three days straight one time without going home. Damn. And Rose would bring me food to work and make sure I had food, everything I needed. So, yeah, but I tell you what, going from a really, really small town <laughs> right, right. to the inner city, the, like, like you would say the hood in San Antonio, was culture shock, baby. <laughs> it was culture shock. <laughs> I, I believe it. Hey, great call, Raider 27. Appreciate you. Great uh, suggestions as far as your, your players as well. But, yeah, man, I'll tell you, that culture shock is something else. I mean, it really is. When you when you go somewhere and you experience something that you ain't never experienced before, and also you look around like, what in the world is going on? I, hey, man, I totally get it. I will say on my train trip to, to Waco, we did stop in San Antonio overnight, and I was excited. I was actually on the train with Lex Seastrunk, too, uh, who ended up going on to Baylor playing a uh, running back, but he was going to Oregon. He was on his way back. Anyway, that's a side story. We stopped in San Antonio, and I thought, well, there's I hear San Antonio is a cool city. There's got to be some good-looking girls out, right? So I get that's all that was on my mind, right? I was focused on, you know. The next X. So I get off the I get off the train and I said, I'm gonna walk around and explore San Antonio. Man, sure enough, it starts raining as soon as I start walking. So you know what I did? I turned right back around, got right back on the on the train and tried to spit game to the girl that was definitely a hood rat. Had no business talking to her. But hey, she was there, it was entertaining, it was what it was. Uh she went on to Atlanta, I went on to Texas, so it was all good. But uh yeah, man, it was Oh man! Oh know. man! Yeah, <laughs> hey man! Real quick, give a shout out because uh, Raider twenty seven. He was like Decatur. That's the real hometown. Hometown. That's the birthplace right there. Oh, that's the birthplace of Demond. Yeah, Decatur, Illinois. Boom! That's the family right there. All right, let's get one more call in real quick before we get to Brandon Cristal. Who's who's up next? Raider Ness. Raider Ness. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, brother? Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, Demond, you kind of kind of took my my name out of my mouth, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyways. Uh, Darren McFadden. Mm-hmm. That boy broke my heart year in and year out, man. And the 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 one that broke the straw with the camel's back, turf toe. Come on, Darren McFadden. You about two twenty five, six two. You run like a four four little turf toe. Because I, I love tall running back. Eric Dickerson is my favorite running back of all time, and he yeah. he sort of emulated that for me because I never got to watch uh, Eric Dickerson play. Um, I only seen highlights, but he sort of brought that to life for me, and I, I fell in love with the tall running back. My boy could not stay healthy. Nope. Um, I'm also going to uh, add another Raider just because uh, DeMond took that one. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Jerry Porter. Oh, I love Jerry Porter. JP. my life, man. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> dude, he's the first dude I see playing on the field with a brand on his arm. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you got branded on your arm, and you're out there playing. Dude, he, he's, he's cut from a different cloth. I love Jerry Porter. <laughs> and then uh, – my non-Raider players, this one is a two-headed monster. They come in a pair because they played in the same championship game, and they kind of ended up the same way. Matt Leinart and Vince Young. Oh, Not going to say anything else. You guys go ahead, and I'll hear the comments after. But Matt Leinart and Vince Young, those two, they go together. Boom. All right, guys. Later. Hey, great call, my man. Raider Ness, thank you for that call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, that's, that's a really good one right there. That's a really good one. Uh, yeah, Vince Young and, and Matt Leinart. And, man, that was a hell of a championship game. But after that, there wasn't a whole lot after that. I know he did some things in Tennessee. He was talking about Vince Young, did some things in Tennessee for a quick minute with a head coach that really didn't want him, in my opinion, and Jeff Fisher. But oh, after that, man, he really just fell off. He was a Raider for a quick second. Remember when Vince I didn't Young? didn't even know that. Yeah, he was signed by. 
a quick second. I don't think he ever made it out of camp, but he was signed for a quick second to the Raiders. Been, uh, Who was the quarterback at the time? Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Him. I couldn't tell you. He was. They were terrible. But yeah, he was signed to the Raiders for a quick second. I remember we made a big deal of it in Texas. We're like, oh man, Vince Young. He's gonna. I was like, man, come on, Vince Young is super old. This is old Vince Young. It wasn't young Vince Young. So uh, yeah, good stuff. We'll keep those coming. You can hit up the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R or. If you have a combine question, let us know. You can hit us up as well. 69187, keyword RNR. Brandon Cristal, he's going to join us next. He's from KOA, Colorado, but he's in Indy for the combine. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Lots of stuff going down in Indianapolis right now. The combine. It's basically day one. Not a whole lot of activity, but there's still a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the Combine. It's every single year. It's one of the highlights of the NFL offseason. And right now to talk about it, we have our guy Brandon Cristal from 850 KOA in Colorado at BK Denver Sports on Twitter. And Brandon, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And as I mentioned, it's kind of slow today. I realize that, you know, tight ends, quarterbacks, and uh, and I think offensive linemen are starting to do, or wide receivers are starting to do some medicals and everything. But has there been any kind of buzz there today that you picked up on oh hey sorry about that q sorry hey about that. no uh, problem no problem say any kind of buzz that the, you any kind of buzz that you're uh, sensing right now in indianapolis at the combine yeah the buzz is related to guys that are already in the league though right. at, at least today and in part that's because a number of gms and coaches talked including matt lafleur and 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 then you saw steve time and, and cliff kingsbury talk and frank wright talk because it's all about the quarterbacks that are in the league Right now, specifically Aaron Rodgers being at the top of the list is the biggest domino that could potentially fall in the offseason. So tomorrow morning, starting around 8 o'clock Eastern, all those QBs that, that are going to get overdrafted, and maybe one of them turns into a Hall of Famer, but I'd, I'd take the under just because it's a safer bet. Uh, maybe they're dynamic and interesting, and, and so I'll be over here listening to them and trying to get to know them a little better because certainly one of them could end up in the division if the Broncos decide to go that route in the first round at 9 or trade up. But right now it's about Aaron Rodgers and what his future looks like. That's kind of been the biggest buzz. And, and I've been trying to piece it together, talking to people I know, whether it's Packers coaches who I bumped into last night or some people really close to Aaron that I talked to today. And the sense I get to you is that Aaron Rodgers, despite reports about him wanting to be the highest paid guy, which he very well may be, he doesn't need that from the Packers. Now they need it to make the money work, to make their salary cap work. He wants to be happy, and he is it, legitimately, this is what I was told, it's 50-50. Wow. It could go either way. People are really close to him. He doesn't know if he wants to stay and play his last couple of years in the only place he's known in the NFL or see if the grass is greener, whether that's somewhere like Denver, Nashville, Pittsburgh, somewhere else. I don't think it would be in Vegas because we know how much Josh seems to like Derek Carr. But let's throw the Raiders in there, too. Does he want to leave Green Bay behind? He doesn't know yet, and that's probably why he didn't come on the Pat McAfee show today and why he's not ready to, to make a decision. You know, that's that's really um, – it's really obviously the, the biggest topic, but um, I, I heard that, you know, different people from the, the Green Bay Packers have said that, you know, he's got to know something by the 16th, but to me that feels like it's way too far away. Like, what do you think is a reasonable, <laughs> you know, time frame for him to make some kind of decision? I think, honestly, by the – somewhere between the, the 10th and the 14th, not that he wants to overshadow – conference tournament action and and we know in vegas how big uh the pac-12 and the west coast and the (laughs) mountain west conference tournaments are right right because the tampering period starts on the 14th and we heard brian gutekun say last week that 
they could lose Devontae Adams in free agency. That may be true, but they have to put a franchise tag on him now with the wink, wink, nod, nod to he and his agent. Don't sign it yet because we don't need to be on the hook for a hard $20 million or right. whatever it may be. But that way they can control, like, you got to at least give it to us. If we're going to trade you with Aaron or somewhere else without Aaron, maybe they trade Devontae Adams to the Raiders. We need to be able to control it from the 8th to the 15th. If Aaron decides that he's leaving and you're going to go with him, great. But it doesn't have to be by the 8th. They just have to put that franchise tag on Devontae Adams by the 8th. But the 14th is when the tampering period begins, right? So you have to have the Packers. You don't have to do anything. But you would like the Packers and wherever you're going to be able to have all their ducks in a row. So I think we'll call it the, I said the 10th, right? 10th to the 12th. 12th kind of being maybe the 13th being that very last day. But my guess is the combine will come and go. Next Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers will probably go on the Pat McAfee show and tell you what his plans are, is my guess. That right. Next Tuesday, uh, unless someone else gets it out there a little before that, but, but that'll be his, his intent. So I would circle next Tuesday on the calendar, if not kind of that middle part, middle to late part of next week. I'll tell you right now, it's one of those storylines that is obviously big. We've got to pay attention to it, but, man, I'll kind of be glad when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. be glad. Yeah, you and me both. You right. Me both. Like we, look, certainly in Denver, my home market, it's it's all you want to talk about because the possibility is exciting until there's no no more possibility, right? Right. Um, but it's sort of like when you when you go out on a Friday night and you know you're single guy, single gal, you're already going home by yourself. The only thing that changes you might go home with somebody else, right? And it might make your <laughs> night m- m- more enjoyable, right? So, and, but we we can't take it up to the draft like they can, and he's not going to do that to the Packers or to the team he's going to. So I, I do think it will it will get settled sooner than later, but I, I understand the fatigue of all of it, and part of it is Roger's personality. Like, when Peyton was deciding where he was going, and that was kind of the first time we saw it, and then even Brady, there was an excitement to it with Rogers because it started last year at the draft, then he follows it up with an MVP season, but, but obviously falls short in the playoffs again. It's like, okay, and just kind of his personality, it's different than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's, right? right. And so while he'll certainly be a first-bout Hall of Famer and everybody would want him, in fact, I had this conversation with with a young writer in Denver that's uh, only his second year covering the team. He's like, I don't know if I even want him because of the, the perceived just kind of stuff that comes along with having to cover a guy that thinks he's smarter than you, and maybe he is. Right. But I said, look, dude, it's been six years since Peyton Manning walked out that door, and if you want to be relevant again and you want people to read the stuff you're writing and, and follow your tweets, a little, uh, everything you do will be heightened if Aaron Rodgers somehow ended up in Denver. So I, I get you, the fatigue is there. But knowing there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, some people thought it would be today. I was like, I just don't see it. I'm glad that he didn't go on Pat McAfee's show today. Because this week is kind of cool about the, these new prospects. And, but also the other part of it is if Brian Gutekunst, he needs to do his due diligence and make sure he or some of his top lieutenants are talking to the people of the teams involved to know what the best packages are. So that when Aaron Rodgers, if he does say, look, guys, I want out, they say, great, we talked to the – to the Broncos, the Titans, the, the Steelers, the, the Raiders, the Niners, whoever, these are all the packages that look like they make sense. This is the one that makes the most sense for us, so we want to send you here. We were able to, to deduce that last week. So, But, but, but I do get the sense of, of the fatigue out there for sure, Q. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is uh, 100%. Again, he's a guy that you know how great the play is. He's not a guy that I'd want to hang out with at the bar, but he's a guy that I would, hey, <laughs> if he lines up under center, I get it because he's giving you a chance to win every time. But, you know, that's, that's just me. We're talking right now with Brandon Cristal from KOA Colorado. He's at the Combine right now in Indianapolis, and 
So as far as just what's going on there right now, obviously it's really slow right now, but when was the last time you could recall, you go to all these combines, when was the last time you could recall that quarterback wasn't the number one topic that people were talking about as far as quarterbacks that are entering the draft? Man, I, I guess the year E.J. Manuel came out. <laughs> right, right. So right. what was that, 2014, give or take, which I also found out was the last year uh, Bill Belichick did a press conference here. Wow. <laughs> he chooses he chooses not to uh, participate because <laughs> there's, there's no mandate by any means. And right. Some guy, like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay were both supposed to talk today. Kyle didn't come. I saw the Niners and they were checking in, said hi to, to John Lynch and, and saw the team security that's always on always on Kyle's hip and and no Kyle, and, and he decided he wasn't coming. And Sean McVay obviously could take a victory lap, right? Mm-hmm. Get high fives from all his friends and, and all of that. Sean McVay, he bailed too. He's letting Les Snead handle handle the combine. That's the same thing Sean actually did a couple of years ago uh, when when we were out here in 2020. He didn't have any of the coaches come unless they wanted to. He was here for one day, did media, and just left. He didn't do any of the evaluations. It, it, you know, when you have that that trust, I guess, and and certainly you understand also they don't have a lot of early picks. We know that <laughs> right. they were currently in Denver, but they also have a Lombardi Trophy. So. It's uh, but 2014. That was a long answer to 2014. Last time anybody <laughs> didn't really care about the QBs, but people do care about the QBs. Just nobody thinks they're any, nobody thinks they're great ones. Right. Not that they can't be good. Nobody thinks they're great. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah there's nobody that you're just you're 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 pounding the table to go trade up and go get. There's just not that guy this year. Uh, as far as the combine goes in general, how have you seen the value of the event itself? How, how have you seen it change from a few years back to even where it is right now? Well, so we obviously have to put the, the caveat that there aren't fans here. And, and I'm sitting in the convention center where normally they have like a little fan fest set up. And it's certainly not the level of the Super Bowl or even like what they had set up for, for the Pro Bowl. Uh, but there's no fans here. So there's stands by the bench press. And that's just for coaches to go sit and watch. Right. And it's a made-for-TV event, the workouts. It's funny. It used to be super secret. I remember reading Peter King as a kid, uh, you know, and, and even in college in the, in the late 90s. And getting 40 times from scouts was like, you know, top secret info. Well, a couple of years later, the NFL network gets launched. They're like, Oh, people care about watching guys throw the ball really far or run really fast. And so, well, I think it's a metric that teams use. I think teams don't put much stock in the on field stuff. So if you're going to rank the importance of, of what the value is of the combine to teams. And when you ask scouts and I talked to a bunch yesterday and a few today, the thing they missed most last year was the interviews, even though the in-person stuff was limited or non-existent, they were able to do plenty of Zooms and kind of get to know guys. They didn't get to put their medical people face-to-face with mm. guys that they had question marks about and time will tell. Maybe they shied away from a guy that turns out they weren't as banged up as you thought they might have been based on what happened in college or previously or the other way around where you thought they might be okay and within the first couple of years their career is going to be cut short because of injury. So the medical is far and away the most important thing to the teams. I think the interviews is then second, and then the workout is a distant third. Right, exactly. We're talking right now with Brandon Cristal uh, from KOA Colorado here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I wanted to ask you about Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, keeping it a little close to home. Uh, you are very familiar with McDaniels from his time in Denver. Uh, he's going to speak for the first time as a head coach in a very long time. What are you expecting to kind of hear from him, or what do you even think that you want to hear from McDaniels tomorrow? Well, I think a lot of what you kind of want to hear, you heard already. He did, a, a, I think, a pretty solid job with his media tour once he was introduced there in Vegas, and then he was on Dan Patrick's show and on Colin's show, and I caught all those. And, you know, I'd see, I'd see Josh over the years. I saw him after a couple of Super Bowls. I saw, him, I saw him here in India a couple times. 
And Josh certainly got a bad rap to some degree in, in Denver. But some of it, while it was earned, the way it all went down wasn't completely his fault. He was kind of put in position to fail to some degree. He was 32 years old uh, uh, when he got the job, if memory serves right, 32, 34, whatever it was, I think it was 32. And they gave him full personnel control, which was something he wasn't demanding for or, or demanding or asking for when he took over for Mike Shanahan. They just, that was the model that was kind of in place where the personnel guys deferred to the head coach. And so that just added an extra layer of, of responsibility that I think maybe went to his head a little bit, the ego of being around Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and, and the success that he had and, and not understanding the people part of it, the human element of it. And I, I think that he was humbled by his time in, in St. Louis. And then he had a chance, obviously, to reconnect in New England and win more Super Bowls and be around Tom Brady, but then see as guys that he's worked with left and the, and the successes they had or the failures, whether it's Matt Patricia or Brian Flores, guys like that, and then see Tom Brady leave. And so I think you'll see him be more of himself a little bit and more of his own guy and learn from his mistakes. And he has a guy that he trusts in Dave Ziegler that he can rely on to handle the personnel stuff and they can work together. And they brought in Champ Kelly, who is really well regarded. He interviewed for the Broncos GM job a year ago and, and obviously interviewed for a couple this year and champ is going to be a GM and, and champ is as good a person as you'll ever meet, uh, but also a really good football man. And so I, I think that that, that trio uh, has a chance to, to be successful. I think so with Josh, I think you want to see a little bit of humility and, and, and that the, it would be interesting to see how the, how the Indianapolis media treats him. Right. I think they're, right. Probably happy. they're probably happy with Frank Wright. I'm sure. But it'll, yeah. be, it'll, be, it'll be curious just to see the interaction and to see how he is with, with the media because he's not a guy that seeks media out, but he certainly hasn't shied away from talking to people in passing. So I'll be curious to see what the interactions are. Uh, but as for what I want to hear, I think you just want to hear a little contrition and uh, this kind of the stuff he said before that. He was a little. He, he was. He was in over his head a little bit, or you know, there were things he wished he would have done differently. And and I think the Raiders uh, got him at, at the perfect time. And so if if you're the Broncos, you're gonna need a quarterback that, that can go toe to toe with with Josh's offense because Josh is a top five play caller in the league and has been for a long time. And with Sean Payton stepping away, I mean, he's top four. Like, and I wasn't ranking them, but Sean Payton was in my top five, and Sean Payton's out. So my my top five are Josh McDaniels. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Andy Reid. And so now that Josh is running his own show, the Raiders' offense is going to be fun to watch. I think it will, too. I really do. I'm interested to see how it's all put together through free agency in the draft. And obviously, uh, Derek Carr is a trigger man. I do believe he'll be the guy. Uh, it's very interesting to see how it's all going to shake out, but I think it's going to be a really good offense. And, Brandon, before we let you go, I did want to ask, uh, is there any guys that you went to the combine with your mindset on, hey, I want to pay attention to him because I think that a lot of people are going to be talking about him after the combine? Well, Kayvon Thibodeau, the, the edge rusher from Oregon, is interesting to me because going into the year, they're like, oh, he's going to be the number one pick. And then, obviously, the Hutchinson kid had a, had a big year at Michigan. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing that, hey, look, he's still going to be a top ten pick. But I, I, I was around him a little bit at the Super Bowl, and, and he just seems like a really interesting kid. So, and maybe it's because the Broncos at nine could definitely go edge, and, and could he come in and, and play opposite of Bradley Chubb and, and place the production that you were hoping to get with Von Miller and Chubb together? Uh, so, so he's a really all those edge guys. And then it, even though we, we spent plenty of time talking about the quarterbacks and I saw all of them except for Matt Corral at, at the senior bowl to see them again and to kind of get a chance to talk to him 
more face-to-face. The senior bowl was weird, and I didn't even really talk to him because we were talking to him down on the field after practice for five minutes and raining. <laughs> so to be able to talk to those guys at a podium from four feet away or in passing, and then Matt Corral wasn't even there. So, so it's, the answer is always going to be the quarterback. Cause as underwhelming as this class may be, they're still more interesting than – in the EJ Manual year. <laughs> right. No, no, no doubt about that. Well, great stuff. Uh, I look forward to talking to you each and every day, kind of giving us an uh, update from what's going on there in Indy. That's Brandon Cristal, uh, KOA Colorado, at BK Denver Sports on Twitter. Brandon, great stuff. Thanks so much. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks. You talk to you tomorrow. All right. There he goes. Brandon Cristal. Fantastic stuff, man. Good breakdown right there from Brandon. We do appreciate him. And like I said, very much so. Look forward to talking to him tomorrow. So this will be tomorrow, Thursday, and also Friday. We'll close out the week with Combine Talk with Brandon. 245 is the time. Looking for call number nine right now. Hit me up. 702-365-9200. I got two tickets for Sunday's Pennzoil 400 for you. NASCAR weekend. That's right. It's coming to Las Vegas. Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You want to go? Hit us up right now. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what I'm looking for. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 2.51 is the time. Got a few minutes before we kick into the second hour of the show. We'll be talking to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL, different storylines, Kyla Murray, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. We'll be talking all of that with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. Then right after him, we'll talk to Andrew Billings, the latest Raiders defensive tackle, uh, Baylor Bear, uh, Waco High Lion. Yeah, he was a Cincinnati Bengal fourth-round pick in 2016. He'll join us on the show to talk about his next opportunity with the Silver and Black. But uh, before we talk to Brandon Cristal in the last segment, and that was a fantastic segment, by the way, talking all things combine and what's going on there in Indy. Uh, throughout the question, who has been your favorite draft pick that never worked out? There's always guys, and I guarantee there'll be someone that I got my eye on this year that's like, man, that dude's going to be a stud, and then he's going to end up being a dud. I just know it. I mean, that's just what happens every single year. There's actually more failures. It's kind of like baseball, right? And by the way, baseball's not playing until at least April. Thank you, Rob Manfred. Thank you, uh, owners in baseball. Thank you, players in baseball that can't get your stuff together and get the season started on time. So they're actually going to postpone the first couple series of the year. So I think they won't kick in until at least April. But that's a whole other conversation. So it's kind of like baseball where you know that you're not going to have a winning record. You're not going to be... Uh, you know, you're not going to be 500. If you're 300, you're an all-star, you know? And so that's what it is when it comes to the draft. If you hit, you know, three out of four, your three out of seven of your picks or three out of eight of your picks or whatever like that, you get some really good players and maybe one stud, you've had a stellar draft. I mean, you really have. I mean, there's more guys that end up being not very good players than there are guys that end up being really good players. I mean, it's, it, the, the draft, I like to say it's not, a, it's not an exact science. It's more of a crapshoot. Uh, some teams do it better than others, and some teams are trying to figure it out. And I think for the Silver and Black, they're trying to figure it out. So I just threw it out there. Who has been your favorite draft pick that never worked out? One Raider and one non-Raider is what I'm looking for because, hey, look, it's not just the Raiders. There's been plenty of teams across the league that have struggled when it comes to picking guys. So uh, got this text from Glenn in San Jose on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Hey, Q and DeMond, the big letdown for me will always be Robert Gallery. He goes from zero sacks allowed in three straight years at Iowa to playing on two left feet with the Raiders and intimidating nobody. What a letdown. Yep, yep, and we all know who was selected uh, after Robert Gallery, right? Some guy by the name of Larry Fitzgerald. Some guy that ended up playing with the Cardinals his whole stinking career, did a damn good job. He's walking into the Hall of Fame. He's had more actual tackles than he has dropped balls in his career. But, hey, I'm not counting. I'm not keeping track. I'm not salty or anything. 
Except for I am. But yeah, I remember Robert Galley was the oh, this is the this is the sure the sure pick right here. This is the can't miss pick. This is the one that makes all the sense of the world. And uh boom, nothing. Uh he he ended up changing position multiple times. Went from being a left tackle to being a right tackle to being a right guard. I mean, he just he moved around a lot. It's funny, when we ran into him, he was actually on this radio station, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, I believe Clay Baker had him on in the morning for the morning tailgate. Uh, he walked by me like eight times, and I didn't even recognize who he was because, you know, offensive linemen, when they're not playing anymore, they get real skinny. And so this dude was walking around. He was tatted up, and I was like, oh, man, there's a, there's a cool-looking dude. I don't know who he is. And they're like, oh, that's Robert Gallery. I was like, I thought to myself, you damn bum. Like, I wanted to tell him about himself, but I wasn't going to do it. But I wanted to tell him about himself. Like, man, you could have been Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Instead, you had to move around the offensive line multiple times. He wasn't a bum, but he just was never the guy that he was expected to be. It was Hold a good on. Play. Yeah, that was a really good draft looking at it. Sean Taylor, Phillip Rivers. Rest in peace. D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, he was a Raider. He didn't work out. He, was the, he was the one defensive back that couldn't play man-to-man press coverage. Ben Roethlisberger, Jonathan Vilma. Vilma was a stud. Yeah, these are just got man. Why you want to bring up old stuff, Doc? I mean, they fumbled. <laughs> they fumbled the bag on this one. Yeah, but he was the guy that was the the safest pick in the draft. Let everyone tell it. Safest pick in the draft. You got to go with him. And the Raiders had a need at left tackle. They needed to solidify that offensive line. And well, it just didn't happen that way. This dude's really. You're really trying to bring it. You, I mean, I said I was gonna probably open up some wounds, but man, you just you're trying to stick the knife in it and everything, and twist it and turn it and. And get some salt and put it in the wounds and everything, man. You're you're really going hard in the paint. Just got a text right now. Two words, Jamarcus Russell, no doubt. We all know who that could have been, right? The next pick after that, Calvin Johnson. I don't know. He just went into the Hall of Fame this past year. Just throwing it out there. And I will say, I'm not a Lane Kiffin guy, but Lane Kiffin did say, I give him, that's the one thing I'll give him. He kept saying, hey, man, uh, the, the team needs to go and get the, get the wide receiver. The, uh, I don't think that, that Jamarcus Russell is going to work out. He kept saying that. He kept saying he didn't think Jamarcus Russell was going to work out, and, well, he was right. So I'll give Lane Kiffin that. That's probably the only credit I give Lane Kiffin, but that was it. Um, FedEx Raiders saying we'll take a break. Darren McFadden was decent, but we expected more. Other team, how about this one? Kevin White from the Bears. He had a good combine, and everyone wanted him over Amari Cooper. I remember that because I was in Central Texas then, and he went to West Virginia. And, uh, of course, West Virginia had some studs there, but Kevin White was going to be the end-all, be-all, way better than Amari Cooper, man. Hey, his ceiling is way, way higher than Amari Cooper's is. You got to go get this guy. He's going to be a freak. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's going to be the other. Man, Kevin White, I got as many catches in the league as Kevin White does. He's got 26, buddy. Exactly, and he's been in the league for how many years? When did he come into the league? 2016. Exactly. 2016, he's got 26 total catches. Now, I know that's 26 more than I have, but you get the gist. He was a first-round pick for 20, 26 catches. A first-round pick for 26 thinking catches. 257 is the time. We'll come back. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.